hey guys what's up so i have given with me uh, he is the ceo of lemlist so lemlist is a tool which allows you to send you know personalized uh, emails at scale uh, personalized cold emails and i i love that uh, it allows you to send personalized images that's not something i've seen a lot of tools do before and uh, you know this this using this using lemlist will help you build a warmer relationship uh, with your audience right so today we're talking about like 10 mistakes uh, that you might probably be making while sending cold emails right so you might be thinking oh i'm doing this cold emails and you know uh, why aren't they working and what what's wrong is is it the subject line is it the content is it like what's the one thing that is wrong which is like not uh, making my cold campaign successful so him is going to talk about that Today. So, Gim, before before we dive into that stuff, can you tell us like uh, do cold emails still work? Like, there's a lot of debate going on uh, internet about this. Like, some people are saying they work, some people are saying don't they don't work. But <laughs> I love to know from you, like from an expert, like do they still work? Yeah. So I think that the people who are saying that it's uh, it's not working are either the one that are doing it wrong, or the ones that for whom it's, uh, it's it's working really well and they want to to keep it as a secret. To be honest, because like I mean, if you take like all the the top five hundred uh, companies, you know, like even HubSpot, Salesforce, and so on, they're growing through cold email outreach. Um, the reason why most companies fail, uh, and I think we're going to be able to dive into that, it's, it's just a matter of lots of people believe that you can put your sales on autopilot and automate everything. And mm-hmm. even though it would be nice to be able just to grow your company like that by sending like cold emails, it doesn't really work that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, you still need to put like effort in it and we can dive afterwards, you know, in the, in the typical mistakes I see people making, um, why we created Lemlist and, and so on. Yeah. Awesome. So, uh, so let, let's start talking about like what what are these ten mistakes, right? And how yeah. can uh, Lemlist as a tool also help them? Or maybe there is a lot of tools in the market, but I I personally love Lemlist. I've tried myself, so I know it works. It works, <laughs> worked good for me. So I've I've never got uh, less than fifty percent of open rate uh, when I'm sending a campaign through Lemlist. So yeah, it, awesome. So we'll do, we'll do this. Like we'll do one mistake and. Uh, one solution, one mistake, and one solution, and so on. Yeah, yeah, I think I think it's uh, I think it's a good way we can start uh, with uh, with the obvious, which would be like uh, the subject line. Um, okay. I think a lot of people, you know, like are in essence the mistake. I think that like the the main mistake would be to focus on the wrong metric. Um, even though I hundred percent agree with the fact that if people haven't opened your email, it means that it did not exist. But the truth is a lot of people are focusing on getting their email open, where in the end, it's not what matters. In the end, it's like the, the only metric that matters for you is how many meetings could you get? How many right. relations could you build? Right. And if you start your subject line with something very deceptive, obviously, you're going to get like a high open rate, but a right. very poor reply rate. So a lot of people actually work really hard on testing their subject line and putting kind of deceptive subject line, even though for them it's like, no, it's not deceptive, it's just a trick. Mm-hmm. In the end, it's, it's, it's deceptive, you know? So if, if the person opens your email and is like, what the fuck, you know, it's, it's not like the subject line was definitely misleading, obviously they're not going to reply. And that's like, I would say, like the, the, the first, um, first mistake I see often people do. So don't think too much about subject line. Like a good tip I could give you is, first of all, 
take all the cold emails you've received, even though like, I think what's something that is good if you start doing cold email is just like to bookmark, uh, have a folder in your emails. Every time you receive a cold email, good or bad, you put it in a folder. And then once you want to create your campaign, you can go through all the cold emails you've received, look at the one you've opened and the one that you haven't opened. So to me, the tips that I gave for subject lines would be like to be casual. So as if you were writing to, to a friend, so it can be like something like uh, coffee and ketchup or go for a coffee or this type of thing. If you want to build relationships, you can definitely offer a coffee to someone, you know, like that's the minimum you can do or actually be like the opposite. So very, very specific. So mm-hmm. let's say you, if you find, you know, like the a good hook and we'll go into that afterwards is to find something you have in common with the person you're reaching out to. Right. And it can be like a common interest or it can be like an event or it can be anything that, that you have in common, just use it again in the subject line. That way, like one of the, the subject line that's really worked best for me, uh, it was like before an event. So mm-hmm. I was going to, to Saster and I think like my subject line, even though the, like, you will find online a lot of people telling you, you need to keep your subject line short. That's mm-hmm. like totally bullshit because like my subject line was like, I don't know, it was let's meet uh, at Saster Paris uh, first name. And then I added like the first name of the person. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's like six or seven words. And so it's pretty long compared to what people usually advise to do. And mm-hmm. I had like 90%. The reason why it works, it's just, it was like very relevant. Like those people were going to an event that was like our common, let's say. Yeah. And I, I'm not talking about like, uh, I'm talking about like CEOs, you know, of companies who have raised uh, like millions and so on, you know, so it's like really like 90, 90% of open rates. It's, uh, it's pretty huge. And uh, you can do that with many things, you know, it doesn't have to be like specific to an event, but uh, being specific is, uh, is key. Awesome. Like 90% open, open rate is something wonderful, right? But uh, what, what you are saying is uh, like you have to, it doesn't matter if your subject line is too big, but uh, what matters is like your subject line should be relevant and should be sent to relevant audience. If these two things are correct, then it, does, it won't matter if you are ha- having nine or 10 words in your subject line. Exactly. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So subject line is the first mistake which people obviously make. Uh, what mm-hmm. do you think about is the second one? Second one, I think it could be like, uh, since you were mentioning it, I think we're going to go to that one is uh, the targeting. So right. um, lots of people are, are really struggling with targeting. Mm-hmm. They think that they can either buy a list or just go on LinkedIn and type CEOs and get all the CEOs and spam them. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that if you haven't like at least three to four criteria uh-huh. uh, to segment your target, don't send emails. Because... Okay your message is not going to be relevant at all. You can, you can get the job title. That's, that makes sense. Company mm-hmm. size, uh, B2B or B2C, I guess, like, uh, so industry type, add industry. So yeah, you need at least like four to five, like different criteria to make mm-hmm. sure that your message is going to be relevant to an audience. It doesn't mean that you need to have like, uh, only one type of person you need to reach out to. It just means that you need to work in buckets. Mm-hmm. And I think that maybe like, uh, I don't know, one to 5% of uh, the person doing cold email are actually working in buckets. What they Mm -hmm. believe is that they can just mass mail, you know, like lots of people believe like in the, in the funnel. So the more Mm -hmm. you put on top, the more you get in the end. Mm -hmm. The truth with cold email is a bit different. It's like, if you segment really well, your audience, you can actually get like, um, you know, like the conversion rates much higher and much more replies. If you actually narrow down your targeting to something like, uh, pretty small. So that's like kind of the mistake I see 
of people saying like, yeah, like I can email like 10,000 persons out of the 10,000 person, obviously like you'll get like, uh, I don't know, tens of replies, obviously, but you're going to piss off a lot of people also. And if you're, if you're working in buckets, you're not wasting on leads and you can actually, it's also good for you, you know, to, to work on your value proposition for each bucket and Mm -hmm. see which one is working the best because some people that, um, I actually like cold email is very useful, you know, to test out like new markets or new targets. And by doing so, you can really leverage it and then scale. Awesome. And what, what does a typical bucket size look like? So it can be scaled, obviously. Okay. Uh, yeah. Again, depending on your market and niche, but it can be scaled. But I think that a good test on a bucket is around like, uh, yeah, if you test it out out of like 300 to 500 people, mm-hmm. I think it's nice. It's a decent, you know, like statistical um, size of, um, of person. Awesome. So you can actually have like relevant, uh, statistically relevant uh, results. So 300 to 500 uh, emails is what you're saying is like a difficult book size to start with and then you can obviously scale yeah, up to a much larger. Yeah, definitely. Awesome. Then like jumping on to the third one then? The third mistake would really be like to to believe that you can just do like everyone else. Like uh, mm-hmm. going for example, if you type like email templates, mm-hmm. I'm sure that the first thing you're going to find is uh, templates from Yesware or like HubSpot or all those type of companies. So I think that's, and that's also like relevant to the entire internet in general. It's like whenever you're typing something the, on Google, you will find that the, the topics, especially in marketing, they are ruled with uh, five or six players. We always go onto the same sites whenever we type in something. And the reason why is because those websites are investing so much on SEO. Mm-hmm. So everyone is looking at them, which means that everyone's using the same templates and they're not working. Right. <laughs> so the goal, and that's also actually why we decided to build Lemlist is just to explain to people that you can be different, you know, it's uh, and by being different, this is where you actually get noticed. Mm-hmm. If you're sending like the same, you know, like, uh, I don't know, like shitty templates from HubSpot, you know, like saying, hello, my name is blah, blah, blah from company XXX. Mm-hmm. And my company is doing value prop one, value prop two, value prop three, then you're not different than anyone else. You know, right. like if your targeting is right, you might get some leads out of that. But overall, it's, it's pretty shitty because what you want to do in the end is really build a relationship. So mistake number three is don't try to, to do like everyone else. Okay. Uh, and three and two, two. So to solve this mistake, it would be like really like stand out. Um, uh, to, to give an example, you know, at Lemlist we give, and I think you're, you're part also of our community. Yes. Um, so on Facebook, yeah, we have this community, like the, the email outreach family, um, where we give weekly like new templates and we explain why they work. Uh, obviously like you can reuse them and we're definitely not the size, uh, of HubSpot. So I think like, it's not even like, uh, I don't know, like <laughs> the number of person who have actually used them is is super low compared to, to those from Oxford. And the thing is like, you can get inspiration to actually like build your own and, and do your own things. So that would be like the, the number three or number four. I don't know. I don't remember. Right. Number yeah. three, number three, <laughs> number three would be like, uh, in short, it's like, don't copy and be different. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Jumping on to fourth one now. 
Number four, uh, I don't want to go too fast to the to the last part. So mm-hmm. number four, um, or we can mention that actually now and, and we'll see if we can get back there later. But right. number four would be um, lacking of call to actions. So um, a lot of people really like having open call to actions like uh, when would you be free for chats mm-hmm. or this type of questions or when is a good time to chat or uh, let's have a meeting next week. Like this is not good. Mm-hmm. Um, the more choice you have, the, the more difficult it is. Like, I, I mean, getting a Calendly link is, uh, is pretty nice uh, because at least, you know, the person can choose. Uh, so like book a meeting on my calendar is, uh, let's say, I think it's, it's in between. Like the worst would be, when can we have a chat? Then you have like the Calendly meeting. And I mm-hmm. think the best is just giving two very specific options. So are you free like on Tuesday, uh, 2 p.m.? Uh, Eastern time or are you free on like would you be free this time or this time like always offering only two options um, so you actually like the person feels like okay you know you have to choose it's not I have to choose whether I need to chat with you but just I have to choose between those two dates you know right. so that's usually like much more powerful and you actually get a higher conversion rate mm-hmm. so that's like um, I would say mistake number four CTAs are obviously, that's the one thing which you should obviously include in your cold email and it should be like, I agree that it should be close-ended and that's obviously a good thing to have in your cold email. Yeah. Yeah, moving on to the next one then. So number five, I think it's uh, follow-ups. Like a lot of people are afraid to follow up or to stop too early. Mm-hmm. They're like, yeah, I wrote an email sequence and I have like... Um, four to five, like, um, I don't know, like three follow-ups, uh, in total, actually you can follow up like money is in the follow-up. Like literally I had like people getting back to me after like my fifth or sixth email. So don't be afraid. Like follow-ups is actually like a way to leverage, um, just like adding more value, uh, giving a different angle on what you, what you want to bring. Like it's, uh, it's really like, it should be seen as an opportunity and not really, you know, as a, and lots of people, I think they just get, you know, like they, they don't have any ideas. So they're like, okay, yeah, I send them maybe like uh, two to three messages. So now, you know, I should stop. So yeah, really like following up is, uh, is a mistake. I see often people like stopping way too early when they could actually get uh, a lot of more replies. Uh, and can you tell us like how many number of follow-ups should uh, one send like to just to test out if this, this drip is working or not? Yeah, so um, I think like... <laughs> Total, if you have between like five to seven steps, mm-hmm. uh, it's nice. So like five yeah. to seven email. Uh, ideally, like don't be too pushy. So mm-hmm. you can test both. Um, and then, but what I would advise and from testing that I've made for me or before when I had like uh, clients, when I had my agency, it's basically like if you, if you spread between like a week and a bit more than a week between each follow-up, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty nice. Awesome. And... Yeah, then moving on to the next one. And six, the sixth one, we have about halfway there. <laughs> <laughs> so n- number six, I think um, it's, it's testing. So a lot of people, um, like, okay, we have like amazing tools today. I'm not only mentioning like about Lemlist, I'm mentioning about almost any of our competitors have the ability, uh, actually not all of our competitors, but some of them have the ability to, to really test. Um, so A-B tests. And I see a lot of people that just like creating their templates, not testing anything and just sending it through. Like to me, each step you're sending should be A-B tested. Whether it's a subject line, whether it's the content of the email, you have the ability 
to check what's working best for your audience. And that's actually why, you know, it's so important to work on buckets because the more your bucket is um, as criteria, so like, uh, let's say, um, I don't know, like industry size, company size, like all these type of things, the more criteria that you have, the, um, the better your results would be like relevant and repeatable. So it means that if you find like when doing A-B testing, if you find something that's working, you know that if you actually like redo it on the same type of audience, you'll get the exact same results. Interesting. So like and what number of things I should A-B test at the same level? So for example, in, uh, in my first email, should I A-B test uh, the subject line, the content, and maybe let's say the image, all three at once, or should be at different levels and or different silos? So I, I think like the, the two things you can do is actually like uh, have two very different emails. You can actually like usually what we say whenever you're doing testing, um, like the, the scientific approach would be to only, only change one parameter. So okay. just change the subject line and then don't change the text. But if you're a startup and you have like limited uh, resources or capacity, I would uh, go like a bit and be like a more like engaging, which is basically you change totally. So you change the subject line and then you change also the text of the email. So you change both. Uh, that way, you know, you can compare first, you'll be able to compare like open rates and you know what's working best and then reply rate, which often is linked to the content. Right. Except if you've used the deceptive subject line, but this is something we mentioned like number one. Right. So you can obviously check uh, different, uh, different aspects of the email based on different metrics. So for example, subject, uh, Will be based on open rates and content will be based on replies or the clicking click uh, CTAs you get, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's interesting. Oh, uh, yeah. Like we we just last three remaining. Last four. Sorry. <laughs> I think we can go again. Like um, a, a lot of people have been saying that images were decreasing the deliverability. So for those who don't know, deliverability is the ability of your email. To mm-hmm. end up in your uh, inbox, in the prospect, in your uh, in the inbox of your prospects. <laughs> so um, a lot of people have been saying that without actually testing. So as Lemlist is creating personalized images, I don't want to say that. If I say it, you know, I can be biased. So actually, but you can search for it online, and all the studies that you find uh, that has been made either by actually like even university, like top university, have made some studies you would see that the, the deliverability is absolutely not impacted by images. It might have been the case like um, maybe like 10 or 15 years ago, you know, when it was like the very beginning of some inboxes that were like not displaying images and so on. But now it's very, very different and it doesn't have any impact. So that also goes to a point that we've mentioned, which is don't trust everything people say. Mm-hmm. Uh, go also with the testing part because if you start testing things, you'll see that you get, because what's working for me might be very different for you. You know, like uh, what's right. really working well for me, you know, in your case, it might not work at all. So in the end, the only answer and to me, like the key to being successful when doing email outreach is really about like testing. Right. So the more you test, the more you get the answers, you know. Interesting. So see, I've also tested both ways, like with images and without images. And I personally have seen uh, good 
response or great success with uh, the ones with images because obviously not a lot of people are doing it so it, it relates to the uh, point number three here like don't copy be different like everyone's sending plain HTML uh, templates like old emails but yeah. if I'm adding a personalized image right not just any image but a personalized image with the name which uh, I think Levelist allows you to do it so it, it kind of stands out and so I think I think images do work yeah that's point number seven that's a very great point yeah um yeah. another point would be basically like um so we're at number nine or yeah uh, we are at eight eight <laughs> <laughs> okay so number eight a lot of people are working you know like again it depends it will depend on the size of your team but obviously um the marketing is going to create the kind of like perfect sales pitch and so on Uh, and whenever you go on a website, you see like the perfect copy, you see like everything supposedly be like kind of perfect in email. It's the opposite because if you look at all emails that you receive, whether it's like marketing or like the newsletters or sales email, you'll see like the, the frame and everything, like the way it's framed, like the way people are talking, it's salesy. Like it's very salesy. Like you would never actually write Uh, or send an email like that to a friend of yours or to someone you actually like or to someone. So actually that's kind of why, you know, at Lemlist you've been using the platform and you, we've changed totally the way like we're talking about. We don't talk about leads anymore. We're talking about like buddies to be because we really want people to understand that perfection is a sales pitch. Being human and building relationship is the opposite. So my advice, so what I think like people are making, where, where I think people are making a mistake is everyone wants to be too perfect, where actually, you know, like you, you will bound, like uh, you will build like a relationship uh, much easier, much easily. If like the, the person you're reaching out to see you like as a human being. And that's like something, you know, that's a, uh, that's a, uh, that's a mistake. That's a real mistake, you know? So trying to be too perfect and the solution is just like, uh, if even like a good advice I can give you is to try to write uh, your emails from messenger. So take your best friends and now you're saying like uh, you want to contact him because you'd like to sell him whatever service you're doing, but you don't want to sell. You just want to meet him so you can have a chat. How are you right there? You know, like awesome. So uh, number eight is like uh, be human. Uh, frame your cold email like a conversation and not an email and obviously uh, don't be too salesy while while writing yeah exactly awesome yeah uh, like we, we we're just remaining with the last two ones now <laughs> yeah awesome so yeah for for number nine uh, the one i'll go with is so basically lots of people you know we're it's going back a bit to everything we've said but it's a it's a common mistake it's um people think that They need to talk about like value prop and all these type of things, you know, like uh, lots of people are starting their message with uh, introducing themselves, who they are, what they do and where their product service is so great and how they're going to change your world. You know, uh, the truth is like, this doesn't work at all. Like uh, really, like I think you've noticed it that the first thing, whenever you're reading through, you're just reading because you're like curious like me and you like to, to analyze things. But most people, what they do is they just like put it in spam, you know, or just like, and my advice really would be don't talk too much about yourself. The first part of the message, like the message that I read the most are the one like, Hey Guillaume, I've read your blog post about blah, blah, blah. 
I really liked blah, blah, blah. Like try to find like a hook. It can be, I saw that you like this post on LinkedIn. I saw that you wrote this article. I saw your last interview on na, na, na. Like be personalized because that's we, that's exactly like one little things will make you stand out from robots, you know, like from everything that has been way too automated. Automation is really good when you're doing like follow-ups, um, when you're like want, want to do like things at scale and, and so on. But really personalization will never be like, you, you need to think that all the people doing business are busy and you the first one. So since everyone is busy, like people are getting really like lazy at doing personalization. And they think that just with the like, first name and company name, they're going to start getting like tons of clients and it's going to be everything on autopilot. That's absolutely not true. So mm-hmm. stand out by being like, uh, about the, per- by talking about the person, because this is your hook. This is what you know, right. like, you'll get the interest of the person by starting like this. So if the person is not interested, at least he's going to say, okay, this guy is spent some time sending me like a very personalized message. So you know, I need to, I need like to, to answer, you know, at least. And that's like, uh, that would be my tip. Yeah. Awesome. So number nine is in short, if I could say it, it's, uh, keep it about them and not you. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. And now on to the last one. Yeah. Okay. Number 10, I think lots of people are not going to like it, but it's, uh, <laughs> it's about like, uh, spamming and, uh, and, and deliverability again. So. Mm-hmm. There are like two things. Um, lots of people that just like, send blast of emails, which I really like. Don't advise. It's uh, it's literally like the the worst way, mm-hmm. and the best way to to get banned and get your domain banned, get blacklisted, and all those things. So my advice would actually um, always use like a, a G Suite account mm-hmm. that has like the DKIM and the SPF setup. Use a, a custom tracking domain. Mm-hmm. That way, you know, whenever you're tracking uh, links and so on, you know, it goes through your domain. So everything is under your control. Right. Use verified email addresses. So your bounce rate needs to be low. And always use an opt-out link. That way, even if the person is putting you in spam, um, the ser- the internet service providers will see that you've done things by the rules, you know. Right. Okay, like, and that's, that's really, really important. I know it takes a little bit of effort, to set everything up. But once you've done it, and if you're like putting some, you know, like you want to be square with yourself, with your domain and everything, you'll mm-hmm. see the results like really skyrockets. And at least, you know, you'll be safe and everything like you'll be able to test a lot of different things. And, um, and yeah, then start like uh, getting new customers. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks for doing this. Guillaume. Yes. Thanks for having me.